From Harris Studios, this is Accounting for Tomorrow, an accounting and advisory services podcast for community leaders with a passion for change. We are ready to look past the numbers and ensure that today's planning efforts create success for tomorrow. Welcome. I'm your host, Robert Shappy. And I'm Josh Tyree. Today, we're going to talk about lease accounting. So, Josh, why are we talking about lease accounting? Yeah, lease accounting has been in the news for a long time. The original standard on how we record leases happened before I was born, and it's never changed. But they've been working on it for over 10 years now, and it impacts just about every organization, whether you're government, nonprofit, for-profit. The new lease accounting rules impact you if you're issuing financial statements. Really quick, just a basic lease. I think the most common one is what people think of as like their office lease or their printer lease, right? You have an asset that you're going to use for a long period of time and you're paying someone else to to use that asset or that printer or the office. That is basically lease accounting. The lease accounting rules are how you record that lease on your financial statements. And it's been, like I said, been around for tons and tons of years and with little to no change. And now we're coming up on the year where everything's going to change. And so it's been a huge deal for people on how they're going to try and adopt and implement the new standards. So when you're talking about these new standards, are all leases affected or are there just certain kinds of leases? In fact, what are the different kinds of leases? So there are two different types of leases. There used to be called capital and operating leases. Now I think they're going to be called financing and operating leases. But all leases are going to be, for the most part, impacted. And we're talking about long-term leases. So if you have like a a lease that you just pay month to month, you're not committed to paying that long-term, it's not going to be in this standard. But if you are signing at more than 12 months, so a two-year or three-year or longer lease, it's going to get impacted. I think the biggest difference is going to be in the operating lease. But to kind of understand that, you kind of have to know the two different pieces. A capital lease, or what's now going to be called financing lease, are leases where basically at the end of the lease, you own it. Like it becomes yours. And there are some different rules, and you have to get into the details of the standard. But at the end of the day, what those rules are basically going to say is, by the time you get done with that lease, that's your asset. That's your printer. You own it. Compared to maybe an office building where you get to the end of that lease, you still don't own the building right? They can lease it out to someone else. And and those kind of leases would go more into the operating leases. And those are going to be the biggest change under the new standard. In the old ways, capital or financing leases, you recorded the asset on your books and you showed it as like a debt, you know, like a liability. Operating leases, you never did that. You just showed a footnote in the very back of your financial statements and it was never shown as an asset or a liability, just buried in the back. Under the new standards, that's going to kind of follow the same suit that your financing leases did prior, which is you're going to show an asset and you're going to show a related liability on your financial statements. So what kinds of effects is that going to have on financial statements? Well, you're going to see a whole lot more assets get put on your books. Take it for example, if you're going to pay $100,000 a year for 10 years on an operating lease, Now you're going to have basically a million-dollar asset that you record on your books on day one. You're also going to have a corresponding million-dollar liability or debt obligation that you're going to have to record, which could impact covenants if you have bank loans. It could impact ratios that you look at, different aspects. But that 
piece of debt has never been shown before. And I think that's going to be the biggest impact when you record it on your financial statements on day one. So when you're booking these debts and and assets, how is interest going to be calculated on them? Yeah. So the old financing way and the new operating lease, both of those debts are going to be treated just like loans. So you're going to have kind of an effect. It's called an effective interest rate method. The easiest example for people is to think about their mortgage. You pay a lot more interest at the beginning of your mortgage on your house than you do at the end, right? And you pay a lot more principal at the end and your loan balance comes down. So the debt's going to be done the same way as your mortgage on an effective interest rate. So you're going to have a lot more interest up front and a lot more principal paying down at the end of the lease. That's different than what's the asset that you're going to put in, which isn't going to be called like the building. It's going to be called the right to use the building asset, which is a little wonky, but that's what they're calling it. And that is just going to be straight lined over the life of the asset. So if you have the million dollar example, like we're talking about over 10 years, you're going to have about $100,000 in expense each year as you amortize your right of use asset over the life of the thing. So The difference in the way those are calculated, more interest expense up front and straight lining. At the beginning, you see a million-dollar asset and a million-dollar liability. There's no real impact on your equity if your company or your net assets in a nonprofit organization. But you will see over time that change because, one, your asset is being amortized straight line over 10 years, and your debt is not going down as fast as your asset is. I can imagine that that will have an impact on debt covenants and absolutely our uh, friends in the banking industry will probably have to make some adjustments for that on their covenants. So do you have any advice for organizations, things they should be doing now to get prepared for this change? Yeah, I think the new standard is all encompassing. I think a lot of people think they only have a few operating leases, but sometimes when they look at it, they have even more leases than what they expect. And you have to go back. It's not just for new leases. It's for all your leases that you have currently going. So you have to kind of go through and do an inventory of all the different leases and and prepare yourself for the upcoming year that you're going to have to record those. If you're in year five, you're going to have to basically go back, calculate it as if you put it on the books in year one and you're coming forward five years from now. So there's a lot of calculations that have to go on. That's why we decided to use LeaseCrunch to help us with that. It's a software. It's really intuitive and it allows both our clients and our and us to use the software to produce all those year-end entries. But there's a lot of work, a lot of data that you have to input and get ready. You know, And so waiting until you get to the year-end, one, just increases the amount of work that's usually already an increased workload, both internally and externally for your, your year-end closes, but then also... It doesn't give you any time to talk to your bankers or talk to your bonding or surety or anyone who's using your financial statements. It doesn't give you time to talk to them ahead of time and try and plan for how these changes are going to impact your financials. So in that instance, when I have a lease that started five years ago, do I have to go back and restate my financials from five years ago? No, you don't have to restate. You just have to go back and calculate where you would be right now. And then you can record it all in the current year when you adopt it. So there's no going back and restating. It just is trying to figure out where are you? You know, if you've paid 15 years into your 30-year mortgage, what's going to be your principal balance? Like that's the amount you have to, to calculate for each of your leases where you stand so that you can correctly adopt the standard in the current year. So what is Harris doing right now to help clients with this impending change? 
the first step we had is we did a lot of work on looking at a bunch of different options, different software options, calculating it ourselves, having our clients calculate it. We went through all the different scenarios that we went through in the first six months here and did a lot of training and a lot of uh, understanding the standard. Uh, and at the end, we came in with this least crunch software that we're going to use. I think it's the best out there, and we think it's going to make it the easiest for us to adopt. So we started with there. Now we're trying to, to get that information and communicate it to our clients, trying to communicate it to the community as well, because it's everyone who issues a financial statement is going to have to adopt it. And so we're starting to reach out there. And our next step after this is to start to really work with clients to populate basically their inventory of leases. It will be a lot easier to adopt if you've either A, done the calculation or at least B, done like an inventory and you have all your inputs ready to do the calculation. So that's the next step this fall for most of our calendar year and clients to start there with some of our off-year clients that's already going on right now if they have a June 30th or a September 30th year ends. And there are a little bit of a differences if you're a government entity compared to a nonprofit or for-profit companies. There's a GASB which covers government, and then there's FASB, which covers the others, lease standards. So there's two different lease standards, but our software does both and will help either one of those entities adopt the new standard. So where should our clients go for more information? So our clients can contact us, contact their project manager or who they are familiar with in our firm, or they can just reach out to our firm and we have a whole assurance department ready to help them out. We can show them and give them an introduction to the software, train them on the standard, help answer their questions and really get them going in the right direction so they can successfully adopt the, the new standard this year. Great. Well, thanks for that information, Josh. And thank you for listening. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to Harris CPA's Accounting for Tomorrow. Stay tuned for new episodes each month. Podcasts are also available on our website at harriscpas.com slash podcasts. Any accounting business or tax advice contained in this podcast is not intended as a thorough in-depth analysis of specific issues, nor a substitute for a formal opinion, nor is it sufficient to avoid tax-related penalties. If you'd like, Harris CPAs would be pleased to perform the research and provide you with a detailed analysis of your specific situation.